go in our Bibles in Romans chapter 8. Remember where last week? Let's pick up uh, where we left off, verse 5. We're going to look at 5 to 11 this week. theme of this whole chapter that we've been looking at is the Christian's spiritual life, and um, last week we started in the uh, beginning of Romans chapter 8, we talked about how there is therefore now no condemnation, um, and uh, we find this a little bit heavier, maybe a little deeper than we normally preach like, it's, uh, it's Romans, that's what it is, everyone. They consider Romans uh, Paul's great masterpiece, if you will, if you're allowed to say that, but look at the Bible. Um, that's what they say. But uh, we're going to read Romans 8 and 5 to 11. And it says, For when they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up... Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That's all pretty clear, right? Uh, we're going to talk about flesh versus spirit today. It's everyone's favorite subject. So let's pray again. Uh, we go a little further. Jesus, we thank you. Uh, God, for your spirit that's here. Of the spirit that you've given us and Jesus, God, I pray that you would help us today as we we look at your word, God, and talk about flesh and spirit. And God, I pray that you would just have your way in our midst. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that everything be clear and God, help us to understand your word and draw closer to you through it. I pray in Jesus' name, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus. And you can see it if you like. Um like we said last week, we're going to use the word flesh a bit, and uh, it's got two kind of meanings. If we talk about Jesus coming in the flesh, oh, be so much lighter. But Jesus coming in the flesh um, means like his physical human body, and um, when we refer to you know living in the flesh or fleshly desires or any sort of that sort of thing, works of the flesh, walking after the flesh. Uh, that means our natural sinful tendencies, the way we're born, um, and so the opposite of the, the spiritual. So obviously we're not talking about Jesus, that's not what we're talking about, um, just to be clear. I don't want anyone to get confused. Um, but there's a, there's a constant battle going on in our lives between the flesh and the spirit, and so flesh is our natural way of thinking and acting and doing, our natural impulses or desires, and if we leave ourselves to our own devices, we will follow the flesh. But as Christians, we are called to follow the Spirit. And we've been talking about that for years now, it seems. 
And so um, we're going to kind of look at this passage that we read. So verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. So that seems pretty simple enough. So Paul presents us here with two ways of life, two principles for living, two roads to follow, two um, mindsets, however you want to look at it. Um, we can walk after the flesh, or we can walk after the spirit. And we need to remember that the book of Romans was written to the church, right? So the target audience of this book and this uh, letter is Christian. So when he's writing this to the church, he's not just saying that we can be saved or not saved. That is also two different things we can be. But he's telling us that as Christians, we have we still have choices to make. We still have options. We can either live after the flesh or we can live after the spirit. Even after we've received the spirit, even after we've been baptized in his name, even after we've been born again, we um, we've been filled with you know, all that stuff. So some people seem to think that once we get saved, that that's it, and there's never a battle again, and we just kind of sail on, sail on, as the songwriter said, <laughs> sail on for the rest of our life. But we still have um, choices to make. This is still a constant thing that we have to do, and every day we need to make up our minds: Are we going to live according to the flesh? Or the spirit. So to live after the flesh. I don't like the word flesh. It just sounds gross to me. Like some people don't like moist, but flesh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But we're going to say it a lot, so I'm going to have to get used to it. <laughs> so to live after the flesh means letting your old man, as the Bible says, take control only... Only concerned about the physical, uh, you will give in to any lusts or desires that come up because why not? That's what I want to do. And someone who lives at, for the physical, they won't spend time in prayer because prayer is a spiritual thing. And I don't see results this instant. Sometimes it's work to pray. We don't want to do that. Sometimes it's a hard thing to do and I can't see the reward right away, so I'm not going to do it. That's the flesh. Someone who lives in the, the physical won't fast because it doesn't feel good, which is the whole point of fasting. But we won't step out in faith because faith is the substance, the Bible says, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and that's not a physical thing, so I'm not going to do that because I can't see it and it doesn't, I don't know. And they won't spend time in the Word because sometimes the Bible is uncomfortable. Sometimes it hurts my Feeling. Sometimes it tells me that I need to change and I don't like to change and change is annoying. And so we won't do that. And um, people who live after the flesh, they won't give because it's mine and I earned it and I deserve this. And how dare you ask me for something? And they won't be faithful to church because I don't feel like going today and something else came up. And something else is more important than someone who lives after the flesh. They will adopt the same value system as the world, the wrong kingdom, not the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of heaven, because that's what they're walking after. They will live to make money, to get stuff, to be famous, to be respected or recognized, to have power, um, success, however they define that, um, to be the number one. And all of this will be chased while sacrificing the spiritual. And these people, Paul is telling us we have the option 
live after the flesh or the spirit. These people, uh, they will be ones that have been born again, that have experienced the, the presence of God, that have been given the gift of his spirit and baptized in his name and have repented once upon a time. But yet they'll make that decision anyway. And we can live according to the flesh or we can live according to the spirit. And so people who live according to the spirit, they will let the spirit lead them. And that means they will go places they normally wouldn't because flesh will take you places you want to go and the spirit will take you places you might not want to go, but you have to go and you should go. They will reach for people they normally wouldn't. They will walk in areas they wouldn't naturally walk in. They will follow the calling of the Holy Ghost. They will let the spirit take control and that means they will surrender their wants, their desires, their goals, they will sacrifice. They will seek the kingdom of God. They will build his kingdom and not theirs. They're not looking for more stuff. So they'll give uh, what they have. They will help. They will not try to build their names, but rather Jesus' name. They will lift him up and they will be faithful in prayer because that's where their strength comes from. They will be faithful in the word because that's what will keep them on the right path. And they will be sensitive to the spirit because that is what is leading them where they want or where they need to go. They will be faithful to the house of God. They will be faithful in ministry and they will volunteer their time. Why? Because the kingdom of God is more important than my kingdom if we're walking after the spirit. Those are our two options. And you can tell by what you're doing, which one you're following. Verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If we're going to follow after the flesh, we're going to do all the things that we just mentioned. Well, the bad news is, that's death. Carly mind and Carly's flesh. That's easier to say. Carly minded is death. If we're going to follow after the flesh, it's going to end with death. So if you want to do that, Paul says, there's options. There's two options. But these are the results. If you want to live after the flesh, if you want to walk after the flesh, that's your choice. But this is what's going to happen. You want to waste the salvation you've been freely given? That's up to you. You have the decision to make. You don't want to be faithful. You don't want to pray. You don't want to get in the word. You don't want to do whatever you want to do. Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I'll warn you. But you can do whatever you want. Go ahead. But don't say you didn't know because you do now. Don't say you weren't warned because I'm warning you now. I'm telling you now, warning you now, the path you're on, if you're walking after the flesh, ends in death. That's what the Bible says. You've made the choice. You decide what you're going to live after. You decide what's more important in your life. God or me, not me, you. I decide what's more important, God or me. There we go. God or the flesh, God or the world, that's your choice. And ain't no one going to make it for you except for you. You've been given salvation. There's no condemnation, the Bible says earlier in this chapter. If you walk after the spirit and not the flesh, carnally minded, he says is death. Spiritually minded is life and peace. And there's a peace that comes when we live according to the spirit. And this is a mindset too. Carnally minded, spiritually minded. This is a choice I need to make in my mind 
Because what happens in our mind affects what happens, what we do, physically. If our mind is leaning one way, we will make decisions that affect ourselves according to that. So, make up your mind. We can ask the same question Elijah asked Israel in 1 Kings 18 and 21. He said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. There's always been two choices ever since the Garden of Eden. Don't eat this. Obey or not. There's always been two choices. And we need to decide which way we are going to live. Are we going to live after the spirit or are we going to live after the flesh? 7 and 8 says, But the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So Paul points out here that the carnal or natural mind is against God because it doesn't do what God wants. Right? You ever notice that? You don't do the right thing just by doing whatever comes into your head. For the most part. It's generally an effort. <laughs> so when we live that way, we live according to the flesh, we live according to the carnal mind, if you want all these fancy Bible words. If you live according to that sinful way, then we cannot please God. And it's an ongoing war within us. In the chapter before, in uh, chapter 7, Paul describes this battle like this, uh, 15 to 21. He says, I'm reading the English Standard. He says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin who dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not uh, do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. This sounds like a war, right? It's confusing just to read. That's Romans. It's, it's a battle. I want to do the good, but I'm doing the bad. I want to... Anyway, so... Um, verse, what was I on? Verse 20 or 19. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. 20. But if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be the law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. So you can see Paul's pretty conflicted there. Um, even as we read it, I do not do not do what. And I don't know if you ever felt like that. Well, I want to do the right things. I want to do right, but I keep doing the wrong things. I keep messing up and uh, trying to live for God. But even when, um, but when I'm not paying attention, uh, I go and do something foolish, and I let my guard down, and I disobey. Maybe I get angry when I shouldn't. Maybe I lash out. Maybe I do this. Maybe I do that. Maybe I, whatever. If you've lived at all for God, you probably experienced that at some point. And Paul says, it's the sin in me that does this. It's the sinful nature that does this, or the flesh that does this. And it's a tough spot to be in when you want to do right, but you find yourself sinning anyway. And this is where uh, the condemnation we talked about last week has a tendency to creep in, right? We start beating ourselves up because 
we, we fell or um, sin had its way again because we let our guard down and we let our flesh take over because we lost our cool or uh, when so-and-so did or said whatever or we found ourselves in a situation and gave into temptation. Paul said, I want to live right, but I keep doing the wrong thing. And the Bible says that a just man falls seven times but rises up again in Proverbs 24 and 16. It's not about how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get back up again. So keep on keeping on. Pick yourself back up and keep walking. You can rise above this. You can rise above the fleshly nature because in Romans 8, uh, 9 to 10, he says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And if so, the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So before, when you try to do the right thing and you sinned anyway, that was frustrating. But if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you, you have his spirit now, you have an advantage over sin. If the spirit is in us, then we are in the spirit and not in the flesh. And that means we can rise above. So we can make the decision to rise above this. And that means this struggle with sin, we have the upper hand over it because we have his spirit. Living in the spirit is more than just receiving the Holy Ghost. Once upon a time, it's more than just talking in tongues. It's more than just shouting in church and dancing around the, the altar. It's more than just being used in the gifts of the spirit now and again. It's living in the spirit means letting him have control over all aspects of our lives. This is a complete opposite to living in the flesh that we talked about earlier. He says, now if a man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. That's what that says. You get upset with me if you want, but that's what the Bible says. No matter how nice, good, charming, good-looking you are, you still need the Spirit of God. And if we are in the Spirit, we can overcome this battle with the flesh. It's the only way. <coughs> Jesus came to set us free from sin. To remove the condemnation that we talked about last week. To give us victory over sin. To not continue to live in it. And so the struggle with sin, the struggle with the flesh, the way to overcome that is what? Be in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. And as you walk with Him, if, if we allow Him to work in our lives on a daily, consistent basis, you will find yourselves overcoming some of these things that you struggle with, these sins and, and struggles and things. And in time, you'll be able to look back and wonder, how on earth I ever struggled with that thing? Did you ever do that? Look back and, I used to struggle with the silliest now, but at the time, it was like, oh, I'm never going to make it. And like, as a teenager, everything was the end of the world. I think that's still the way with teenagers. I'm never going to make it. I haven't made it yet, but further along. And some of the things I really struggled with and I had everybody praying for me to overcome. It's like, why did I even bother with that in the first place? You can look back and you can see, but as we continue to walk in the Spirit, we'll continue to rise above these things. And if we live in the Spirit and surrender to Him, it's amazing what He can do in our lives. Addictions are broken. Habits are broken. Sin cycles are broken. Family Curses that people think are a thing. They are broken. 
surrender to Jesus daily and watch these things start changing. A man from a long line of addicts can break the cycle. A child from a, a line of broken marriages and homes can have a stable, loving marriage and home. When we walk in the Spirit, a lady who struggles with self-worth self and sin can find herself strong and free in Jesus. When we walk in the Spirit, all these things that the world puts on us can be broken and lifted off of us. When we walk in the Spirit, we can let Jesus raise us above these things. Not only does He set us free from sin, but He starts healing and repairing the effects of sin on our lives. And sometimes we are afraid to surrender because we don't want people to know. Or we don't see how things can ever change, but they can and they will when we walk in the Spirit. You have no idea what Jesus can do in your lives if you would just let Him do it. Sin has affected our world and lives so much we have just become accustomed to it. So that we have a hard time imagining what it would be like to be free from that. But when we live in the Spirit, He starts working, and He starts repairing, and He starts healing, and He starts restoring. I know people that are so abused, and they couldn't even look you in the eye when they came to church, and now they're preaching, and now they're leading worship, and now God's doing, they're teaching Bible studies, and God's doing incredible things through them, and there's, they never thought they would be able to come above that. He's he not just not only just sets us free, but he heals and he repairs and he restores the effect that sin has had on our lives. But if we never choose to walk in the spirit and we choose to walk after the flesh, we're going to miss what he can do. I've seen God take people so messed up from the world, physically, sexually, emotionally abused and damaged and watched as they surrendered their lives to him and started walking in the spirit and watched how God started healing and he started restoring and he started holding, they started holding their head up instead of cowering and looking at the ground, he starts working through them and starts doing just amazing things and become witnesses and become pillars in the church. They're used in incredible ways because they allow him to lead them because they walk in the spirit. I've seen folks so messed up by drugs and addictions set free and called it into ministry because they walked in the spirit. And yes, there's going to be a battle. And yes, there's going to be a struggle, especially when you first start doing it on a regular basis. The flesh is, I preached this a long time ago, the flesh is like a crazy ex that just won't let go. Just keeps coming back. Like, go away. You block them and they just keep messaging you anyway. That's the flesh. <laughs> This won't go away sometimes. Just, I've moved on. Leave me alone. Some of you never had to deal with that, I can tell. Some of you have been. <laughs> but the more you walk in, in the Spirit, the more you live in the Spirit, the more you will grow in the Spirit. Amazing how that happens. And the more you do it, the more the flesh will die. The best way to get rid of the crazy ex is to get a new one. Not a new crazy act. <laughs> I've moved on. <sighs> I don't know where I'm going now. Back to the Bible. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. So your body 
may be dead, your body may die, but the spirit is life. So we need to choose between body and, and spirit, death and life. And it seems like a, a no-brainer, but yet when we look at chapter 7, before this, it's not an easy thing to do sometimes. Sometimes it's a struggle, sometimes it, it's a battle, but we need to make up our, our mind. It's in, that's where it starts. We need to be determined, we need to press on. We need to walk in the Spirit. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but this is serious. This is the, the truth. This is something that each and every one of us needs to decide each and every day. Am I going to walk in the flesh today? Am I going to walk in the Spirit? Uh, in Galatians, Paul puts it this way in chapter 6, 7 to 10. He says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that also, or that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth in to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So he says, be not deceived, God's not mocked. So don't be fooled. God knows what's going on. He knows what we're doing. He knows what we're sowing. He knows how we're living, how we're walking. Um, he knows. He knows what, what's going on. So in this passage, instead of walking and living, uh, in the flesh or the spirit. He describes it as sowing. Um, so what are what actions we're doing, what we're doing with our lives. And there's a principle in the world and found all throughout the Bible of sowing and reaping. And whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Simple science. We know this. You want to grow carrots? You don't plant peas. You want to grow strawberries? Don't plant an acorn. Your minds are all blown right now, I can tell. <laughs> it's something simple. It's something that we all know. We learn as a child. Lucy brought home a, a bean plant from school that they started. And she's not expecting to get peaches from it. And she knows I planted a bean. I don't know if it's going to live. It broke, but it's still alive. We'll see if anything grows. But she's not expecting, you know, all she's expecting is beans because that's what she planted. We know this as a child. You don't go to an apple tree and get mad because there's no corn growing there. You go to your blueberry bush and expect to find some pears. That's ridiculous, right? Whatever you sow, whatever you plant, that's what's going to grow. A seed can only produce what it is, and the fruit that grows is always more than the seed that's planted. Plant a pea, you know, open a pea pod, seven, eight peas in there. Plant each of them. They're going to grow, I don't know how many more, in each of those pods. Seven or eight more. So, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. This is, what does this have to do with anything? Sowing and reaping, living for Jesus. What's Paul talking about? How does this apply to us? In verse 8, he says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting. So, this is one of the parts of the Bible that we know. But yet we can we can ignore in our daily life. So the seed that is being sown here is our actions. So if we're doing the wrong thing, if our focus is on the flesh, our focus is on ourself, me, 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 we're gonna reap that. That's what we're gonna reap. That's what we're sowing. Um, if I'm gonna sow bitterness, I'm not gonna reap joy. If I'm gonna sow anger and rage, I'm not gonna reap peace. But we'll do that and expect it to happen and get upset when it doesn't. 
If we're going to sow division, we're not going to reap unity. If we're going to sow envy and jealousy, and we're not going to reap love. If we're going to sow in the flesh, if we live in the flesh, that's what we're going to reap. So that's a decision we're making. This all goes together, hopefully making sense. But he that sowed to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. So again, he's pointing out that there's this decision that we need to make. Are we going to sow to the flesh? Are we going to sow to the Spirit? Are we going to walk after the flesh? Are we going to walk according to the Spirit? We have a choice. Flesh or Spirit. And we know what happens if we live according to the flesh. Hell, destruction, death. We know what happens if we sow according to the flesh. That's what we're going to reap. Well, what happens when we live according to the Spirit? Galatians says we'll reap life everlasting. And Romans says in verse 11, But the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. There is a, there's a resurrection power that comes when we have His Spirit working in our lives. He just said in verse 10 that the body is dead because of sin, but now he's saying there's a resurrection power that comes from the Spirit. He can raise you up. He can resurrect ministries and giftings that you thought were long gone. He can resurrect your walk in the Spirit again, the anointing that you thought was gone, the power that you had. He resurrects us. The Bible says when the trumpet sounds, there's a hope that we have in His Spirit when we walk in the Spirit. So I said all that to say what I've said several times already. We have a choice to make. Flesh or Spirit. I told you what happens each way. It's an obvious choice for me anyway. But it's not the easiest to execute. But I want to give you a chance today to make that choice. Be a pretty foolish preacher. I told you there was choices to make and didn't give you a chance to make that choice. So today we're going to give you a chance to make whatever choice you want to make. But remember, you're the one making the choice. Don't get mad at your neighbor or the preacher or the preacher's wife. Or Cheryl on the computer. Or whoever. Because I walked after the flesh. And I sowed after the flesh. And these are the things that I got. Excellent. We're going to give you that chance to make the choice. If you want to live according to the Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come pray if you would like to do that. Start walking in the Spirit today. Maybe you had it once upon a time, but lately you've been kind of leaning the other way. And you realize as we're listing off some of the things that maybe I need to start sowing in the Spirit a little bit more. Maybe I need to start walking in the Spirit a little bit more. Maybe I need to start letting Him do what He wants to do in my life a little bit, a little bit more. If that's you, we're going to invite you to come and pray today. If you need to be filled with this, uh, the Holy Ghost today, come on and we'll pray with you to receive it. But let's, as a, as a church, let's live according to the Spirit. This is what we should be doing. But yet, 
Even the early church, they were struggling with it, or else Paul wouldn't have written this down. It's something that we've all, we all have to decide every day. But the more we decide to do it, the easier it'll be. And there's gonna, there will be other days when it takes all you have to walk after the Spirit. Everyone's trying you. Your kid didn't sleep all night. The rest of them are fighting. Then you got to come and preach. That's just me. <laughs> Everything goes wrong. And you really have to, really have to try. But the, the old story, two, two wolves living inside of you, fighting. Which one's going to win? You know the story. The one that I feed the most. continue to live after the Spirit regularly, consistently, it becomes easier, and God can just do and work and lead us like He wants to. We walk out to the flesh six days a week and come to church Sunday, and then, now I'm going to live for God. It's a struggle. So, I'm going to stop. I don't have any of this written down. We're going to invite you to come this morning. If you want to pray, and commit to him, and I'm going to walk after the Spirit. We're going to have prayer and fasting the next two days for camp. That's a good start. Because the flesh doesn't want to fast. The flesh doesn't want to eat healthy. Let alone fast. We're going to invite you to come and pray this morning. If you would like to commit to him to walk after the Spirit, uh, if you want to Receive the Holy Ghost today. Come on and we'll pray with you. He can fill you. I know it's a little calm and quiet, but that's okay. Holy Ghost fell in the book of Acts when they were sitting. So, anyways. I'm done. Let's come and pray today. God wants to work in our lives. He wants to lead us and use us. We need to make that decision. Today, in Jesus' name.